0: to the 18th podcast from the People's Pundits, myself, Kevin Clark and Ian Hart. And this week we are joined by our special guest, Paul Simpson. And Paul is a a huge Spurs fan, which means, of course, his glass is always half empty and never (laughs) never half full after so many disappointments, Paul. So welcome to the podcast. You have listened to a few, haven't you? I have indeed. I have indeed. Not yeah. all seventeen, though.
1: No, so no. Um, I've missed. <laughs> I've missed the, the middle fifteen. <laughs> When's it going to become the latest podcast? Uh, look, I, mean, I know. Of course, not ten
2: years' time. you are going to welcome to the four hundred and thirty-six <laughs> podcast. I yeah. thought maybe I'd go till we hit boxes? our
0: half century or something, yeah. and then I'll stop doing it. Till, till we hit our <laughs> silver jubilee. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. So, gentlemen, so before we get into the topics, just reflecting on um, on the weekend of football. I guess the first one for me, you know, Marino's anti-football strikes again. You know, you look at Spurs there after what was it the draw in Madrid. Narrowly scraping by Liverpool there. And of course now, <laughs> lose to West Ham in the cup, lose to Man United. So that the as did Pep get it right here saying they are the Harry Kane team? So what do you think, Paul?
1: Well, I've, I've got to be As honest. a Spurs as fan. As a Spurs fan, first of all. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a little bit harsh, whether it was tongue-in-cheek, whether it was a bit of mind games from Pep, I wasn't 100% sure who will know. But uh, I mean, this season, I think Harry, after a, a dismal August, you know, I can't really argue with what Pep's saying, but ultimately, Harry puts the ball in the net. But the the, the team gel, the the team, the team are the winners here. It's not about Harry Kane. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, if if Harry scores, he'll
0: put it down to a bad week at the office. you? Eh? nothing to do with Harry Kane. The two defeats.
1: I don't think Harry would have played in the West Ham game anyway. To be fair, um, I think if he played at the weekend, we would have had a much better chance. We've been more direct, but. It is what it is, you know. We'll see where we are. At the what end do, of the you think, Hardy, do you think, Harty? Do you think they're
2: a one-man team? No, I think it's uh, a little bit harsh. I mean, when Clive Allen scored all those goals in 84-85, I, th- I think it was not like 40, forty-nine. It's they weren't a one-man team yeah. then. Um, I don't. I'm going to ask Paul a direct question. Did you want to win the League Cup? Um, I would have taken the league cup as as. Uh... Would, you, would you really? Because I, I I think with the Champions League and and sort of poised going well in the Champions League, a good start going well in the Premiership. I think they didn't really want to win the league cup. I I thought they you know as the old horses used to do. They dropped the hands and pulled up a bit last week. <laughs>
1: And I, and I follow what Poch said, he said yeah. it's the Champions League and the Premiership they're yeah. going for. that, yeah. And that's fine, it's, for me it's brilliant to hear in the Tottenham manager saying that that's yeah. what we're going yeah, for. We're not, which but is good.
2: And then Manchester United, Mr Ali could have sewn it up before Martial scored. Yes. Yeah. So um, I don't think it, it you know, I, I just think as you say there, Kev, I think it was a bad day at the office. I don't think they were up for it Wednesday against uh, West Ham. I think there was a, I think there was a, uh, there was an open top bus leaving from Stratford Town Hall, wasn't there on the Thursday? (laughs) I mean, you've got to look at both teams, the amount of changes they made, and I'm sure if you sat a West Ham fan where Paul is and asked him would they have rather beaten Palace or West or uh, Spurs, everyone would have said Palace, wouldn't they? So.
0: I don't know, they don't like Spurs. I was
1: gonna no, say. <laughs> Harry- say I'm not sure. <laughs> I agree but, there,
0: but.
2: Premiership yeah. points are far more important.
0: They are, but but one thing I would take this with the Spurs it's all right saying, Well, we're after the Champions League in the Premier mm. League. They've got to start winning something. They they're not like they're not like you know, Man United with the you know, all due respect, are they? Or Liverpool back in the day. Yeah, they've got to start winning trophies. Yeah. So, if I was a Spurs fan, I would absolutely have wanted to win the league. I mean, look at Mourinho when he came here with Chelsea. That's the first trophy he banked, wasn't it? He yeah. won a league cup and that got the momentum going. And I think that team, and I bet, I'll bet tell you what, I bet Harry Kane was gutted they got knocked what, out of that so when he wasn't you playing. You think Punch is cocked up then? I do, yeah. I, I think, well, and they were 2 up, come on, and cruising. Yeah. So, you know, they should have got. Against a
1: very bad side, really. Or a. Uh, uh, the low average, West Ham. Exactly, Housel.
0: and they managed to throw it away.
1: So going back to what he said, I appreciate that the Premier League and the Champions League are his priorities, mm. but I don't think he would have dismissed a, 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 the the cup. I don't think he would have no. dismissed the Carabao Cup. As a Tottenham fan at the start of the season, if you gave me the Carabao Cup and top four, I'd have taken that because there I think go, that's a realistic outlook. There you go. Right. Well.
0: Well, let's move. I stand correct. Let's move off Spurs and onto somebody yeah. who wins trophies. The uh, <laughs> the England under seventeen. So there's yeah. an interesting few comments made by uh, Danny Murphy. Actually, I mean, obviously, you know, got two 0 down in the World Cup final against mm. Spain and winning five two. Just incredible performance. But Murphy's observation was, is this like sounds like an old band, the youngsters of today or fame culture, whatever you want to call it. That in all the photographs, there's not an England badge to be seen because all the players have reversed their shirts, so it's their name, their number, about them as individuals. And he had a bit of a, an issue with that, you know, in terms of what is, you know, what is that, about? it's about people trying to get contracts, it's about someone It's just, they're self-important. This is an England team winning the World Cup. But they're 16-year-old
2: kids, Kevin, I think he's a little bit harsh, I think he's probably doing them a, uh, you know, a disservice there. I would say that I won't really judge, it was a great game, great performance, Came back here after the Worthing game. Worthing actually won on Saturday, so it's back-to-back <laughs> victories. Um, I don't think we can judge this team until they're all 23-24. And interestingly enough, out, out of the 22 players that finish that game on, on Saturday afternoon, how many will play in La Liga and how many will play in the Premiership? In the next eight well, years, well, I
0: tell you what—the way Liverpool are, are up front, I think that Bruce has got a chance of getting in after back-to-back well, um, hat-tricks. we'll, well, but, uh, we'll I hope see. so. But I know what you mean. Yeah, the records upgrade. Yeah, you know, I
2: hope so. Um, th- there was another—I'm I'm trying to think—and I'll, I'll have to find it. I've, Stato, I've let you down. <laughs> um, there was a there was a thing. There was a great—I think it was Stephen Gerrard's England youth squad, and they actually went through who had ended up where and it had been oh, yeah, yeah. players ended up at Stevenage and crew and places like and this was the top twenty under eighteens in this country, boys that had been right the way through the system. So we are failing. Um, we had this discussion in the pub after the Southampton game. Will 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 the Brexit thing, because we, because we 'cause we don't have to adhere to the Treaty of Rome now, will that change how football is perceived how players are developed because they haven't got 28 member countries that they can go and, you know freedom of
0: movement and freedom all that, of yeah. yeah
2: movement you know it's an interesting one but until we see xyz playing in the premiership week in week out
0: well, what my, do you think my, about my, the what do you think about the now before going onto the the uh, the political angle there what do you think Paul about this reverse of the shirts is that just Let's just keep. It
1: in I, that, I've got to be honest. I I do understand what Danny Murphy's saying. saying. Um, that the way that football has evolved, uh, and having listened to some podcasts, I don't want to spend a lot of time going back back in the time when I loved football because I've fallen out of love with football with, with for varying reasons. But but it, it's it's evolved to become a sport where agendas and individual individual agendas seem to override what the fundamental love of a game should be about. So mm. I would argue that those young lads have reached the final. They've won a World Cup. Superb achievement. You know, their, their, their name is going to be written into history books. But I see this as, a, as a, a, an opportunity where individuals have chosen to mark the occasion with their own agendas, rather than celebrating the fact that as a group they've come together and achieved something which no other team has achieved for, for so many years they've chosen to market with the look at me scenario and mm-hmm. that's the way that i view that because i view that from a social perspective rather than a sport and and something you touched on earlier ian where you, you were talking about something we're going to come onto later in relation to comments that've been made in the media um isn't it about isn't it about more using football to kind of bring people together rather than football giving other pe- people another reason to alienate themselves from football to, to feel distanced from, from, from the individuals that are part of the game, mm. the individuals that represent clubs and represent our national team. You know, they, they've, they've chosen at that moment of glory to almost use it as a chance to self promote when mm-hmm. the act of winning the trophy itself was that, or is, yeah. should be that vehicle. But the golf is so much wider now. We'll
2: have him again because <laughs> he's talking. About that. No, um, the golf is so much wider. We, we, we've mentioned. The first season, the first day of the Premiership, the first weekend of the Premiership, the highest paid player in, in this country was Brian Robson on £8,000 a week. I don't know what the average wage in the country was on that weekend. But the gulf now between the highest paid player in the Premiership and the average wage in this country for the working man, whose sport it originally was, mm. that gulf has got exactly take on board what you say. It's, it's almost me, me, me now.
1: R- r- you know, rather than a team game, and, and very much so. And I wasn't aware that the, uh, the, the the players had decided to do that in the, in the photo. And it it's only when it was mentioned to me earlier on that I thought, well, actually, that doesn't sit comfortably with me. What's quite interesting
0: as well is it wasn't like one or two; it was literally everybody. And I don't know how that yeah. makes it. I don't know. But you, you know, you, but you,
2: you know you're all and I've managed hmm. at under eighteen level, and and and, you, and you're you're allowed to play at that level. It is a very, I mean, I know all dressing rooms are a sort of barrack room culture, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that would have been arranged before they even walked out for the warm-up. You know, if we win, we're going to do this.
1: But is that right? It's an oh, odd thing no, to no, arrange, no, don't yeah. get me
2: wrong, no, yeah. no, no, okay. I don't think it is right. Okay. But I think it, it's it's just a, a way of still you know, leaders and followers. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a couple of strong characters in there. I mean, there was a lad on TalkSport Talk today talking a, about a, a lad signing his first contract uh, at a league, uh, a, no, in a championship club. And he's on 18 grand a week at 18. Wow. And he's nowhere near the first team.
0: Well, it's one to come back to. I mean, uh, I like the way you've risen. That's a bit of social comment, Paul. you are giving us a bit of gravity. <laughs> but that's a good, you see. The, uh, we're turning into that's... Panorama. <laughs> <laughs> panorama with balls. I like it. Well, to the, uh, to the uh, agenda, just to, yeah. to trash our Panorama style now. <laughs> yeah. we've, uh, we've got... We're going to look at... Um, Joey Barton's attack on David Unsworth, potential new Everton manager. He's obviously temporary there. So we want to to touch on that and and a bit of comment around it. I think also our second topic is about can football fans be objective? And of course, uh, for those of you that do listen to this podcast will know that but Harty he manages to bring every question back round to Brighton. So clearly, you know, <laughs> you're well, we missing are in out on that. <laughs> and you're a Brighton <laughs> season as well. Thank you. As well. And Brighton being a bigger club than West Ham, we're still... Potentially. We're still... I've been getting some good feedback about that.
2: Been getting some good feedback about that. Don't I, I laughed at
0: that
2: one. <laughs> potentially. Then, That's I, the word. I think you
1: added
0: potentially yes. afterwards. No, it, potentially. I, I know
2: that we're not... Yeah. We didn't win the World Cup for England, as West Ham well, did, apparently. Well,
0: exactly, exactly. and, so. and we will, of course, as always, have our nominations for, yeah. for Super Cool and Major Tool. And I think everyone knows the... So if you're, if you're on and listening, you know the social media outlets uh, that yeah. we're on. We still haven't got that fax machine plugged in, have we? No. We've got everything else. <laughs> but uh, so let's start off with with Barton uh, and the Unsworth attack. I mean, yeah. just before you guys comment, just a, qu- a couple of quotes from Joey Barton there about Unsworth. He said, he's a glorified PE teacher who shouldn't be in charge of a men's team. Mm. Look at him on the touchline. He's more like a steward. I watched him waddling onto the coach. How can you get players to exert themselves physically when you're out of shape? And, uh, and basically he said he's a firm believer that teams reflect their manager. And that's what Everton did that day losing to Leicester and that they were sloppy. So Mr Hart, what's your what's your take on uh, well, Joey Barton's comments there?
2: I was never a big fan of Joey Barton's I'd, had he been playing still, I thought, I, that wouldn't have stopped me wanting Brighton to have signed him, because I think he does a job. But, you know, from the days of him stubbing out cigars on, on players' cheeks or whatever, and, uh, and and we had that when we played Burnley a couple of years ago, didn't he, where, where he uh, got away with a stamp. But I think I'd, I listened to him as I was driving to work the other day, and this has reached new lows. Um... In, in a day in in a culture where we're constantly being told about cyberbullying and bullying, um, I just imagine a bit Cheryl Cole or or someone uh, you know of that ilk, a a, a, a sylph like singer Kylie Minogue or someone like that having to go to hell because she's fat, because that's what it mm. basically is. There'd be an absolute furore. I think it's ultimately disrespectful. It is. To, to coin a phrase, bringing the game into disrepute. I know everybody's got the right to an opinion, but I think it's wrong. Um, it's obviously tabloid radio, which is Talksport. What Talksport is now, they're owned by the Sun and the Sky and everything like that. And I, I I think it's shocking. And the and and the most important thing, which is the, is almost a shining beacon for kids everywhere, is David Unsworth saying, I don't really care what Why? he thinks one sentence full stop don't get into I, I'm sure words will be exchanged when they eventually meet but I think it's ultimately
0: dis- might not be just words disrespect <laughs> but,
2: but to say he's a glorified PE teacher well one that's mm. insulting to PE mm. teachers uh, I think that's disgraceful
0: what you think and, most of them are in better shape no no <laughs> and,
2: and what he does is he you know is he's They've done very well at the Everton Under-23 Academy, haven't they? Well, uh, You know, Armsworth has done it. I'm not saying he's up for the job. I don't think he's going to get it. But he's had to step up to the plate because of what's happened. There's been a number of down the years, number of care, caretaker managers, people like that, you know, all up and down the uh, country, all 92 clubs. They've all at one time had a caretaker manager. have just stepped in to the bridge just to steady their ship. I think what he said was disrespectful, and if the
1: football authorities had a bit of balls, they would do him for it.
0: And what do you think, Paul? Um, What's your take on his comments?
1: I mean, his, his, his comments really don't really um, touch on anything related to, to Unsworth's ability as a, as a coach. Um, it just smacks to me of someone who has an axe to grind with an individual and has chosen at the first opportunity to voice that opinion. But but he's not even tried to hide the fact that he doesn't like David Unsworth. He's actually just come out and every everything that he said in that statement basically says that I've I've never liked David Unsworth, I've never rated him, I rate him even less now, and he's put on a bit of weight. That's that was the way that he's addressed He him. even
0: criticised him as a as a player. He said I used to watch him as an Evertonian. He's the most immobile left back I've ever seen. He's not a manager. He doesn't look like one. And I used to call him Chipper Unsworth because he used to chip it and lose it every time. So he's even criticised him Precisely. as a player. So there's definitely an agenda there. This is what I, I yeah. touched
1: on this earlier, that um, you know it, it gave Jerry Barton the vehicle to express that view. But that view is about someone who has an agenda against somebody else. But, but he has basically fat shame. Yeah, and, and, and I and I yeah, t- and, yeah, and, and that's though. What do you
0: think? Is there... Beneath all of that, this point about, as a manager, there you are, you'll be dishing out your, all your nutrition plans and diet, what those players have got to eat that week, how they've got to train, how they've got to live their life, and, and that'll all be coming, that's all part of a successful football team these days. Mm. And is there a point within that that says, you'll have someone preaching all of that, and there he is walking in, who's clearly not adhering to that type of lifestyle it's like do as i say not as i do
1: but david unsworth isn't trying to still tell people that he's a professional footballer so my argument would be that david unsworth has been a professional footballer and he may well have had, adhered to those same principles but to give you a very silly example i went to went to the doctor and um, to get some antibiotics i was weighed. I was weighed by a doctor that was clearly over twenty stone, who told me that I was obese uh, just over, just under sixteen stone. Now I'm sat there gobsmacked because he wasn't even been going for the other job. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No. <laughs> no, but I've got a medical professional telling yeah, me that I'm overweight when he himself. Yeah, yeah. So so for me, I don't. I, it's it smacks of you know. I'm not going to say this uh, surgery, but I think <laughs> I know the doctor. you're in <laughs>
2: But I know. Let's just look now. You, you you say do as I say, not do as I do. He had a career that went from 1992 to 2009. That's a 17-year career in professional football. Any um, 449 games, 45 goals, one England cap, seven England under 21 caps. I don't see how you can. Say that he's not an example. All right, he's he, all right. He's put on a few pounds. He was always quite a hefty lad. Anyway, mm. you can't you can't take away four hundred and forty nine games of professional football. He's played for his country. He has been picked. Uh, who would have been ninety five? That would have been Venables. So he's been picked for the England team. So it's it's not do as I but say. And I suppose
0: that. as well with managers. Let's be honest. If you're going to start looking at it, what I mean. God, Rafa Benitez, the chant is always "fat Spanish yeah, waiter," yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And look, look what he's won. Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve Evans. Steve Evans
1: looks got a
2: like a, coach, like a coach driver, doesn't he? <laughs> but no, it is. It is. Look, it's yeah. crazy, crazy how he can do that. And I, and and I think nothing surprises me with Barton. But then talks talk sport will be loving it because they oh, headlines. They're even on a podcast. Yeah. And We're was was it, it back at the Mirror? Uh, yesterday morning, it was back at the sun. It yeah. was, you know, so you yeah. know,
1: he's done his job.
2: Yeah,
1: and Talksport knew what they were getting when they yeah. when they hired him. Yeah, you know, and I don't, I don't hear so far that Talksport have um, asked Dre Barton to issue an apology. Um, no, so no, they've actually made on, him. When <sighs> I was
2: driving around yesterday morning. They actually clarified on, on the news at half past ten they said talk sport columnist and bre- uh, breakfast show host has clarified what he said about David Unsworth yesterday and then they played uh, the soundbite yeah. They're from, from absolutely Alan Brazil yeah, yeah. show and you know how must Alan Brazil feel he when, mentioned
0: Alan Brazil you No, know, but yeah, when
2: he's can. saying that yeah. and he sat opposite <laughs> him in a desk and Alan Brazil well, if the doctor thinks you're obese, God knows what he thinks Alan Brazil is. I met him in Langans once. I, I thought he was going to explode. He's like Mr. Creosote.
0: <laughs> well, he actually said, he said Unsworth makes Alan Brazil look like an athlete. That was actually part of one of his quotes. So well, I think uh, that's
2: re- that is yeah. really disrespectful. But, you know... Who too? I can't, whether it's Brazil uh, no, or Unsworth, No, then. but <laughs> as I said, if, if it had been a female singer or a female yeah. actress talk, talking about a larger actress it would have been all sorts of, yeah.
0: you know, controversy. No, I think that's, yeah. a good, uh, yeah, that's a, good, a good analogy. And what
2: does it say about, you know, what, what are we told with, you know, with the kids in, in schools? I've been a school governor and, you know, and, and I know the, the about the bullying culture because I've been in disciplinary hearings with kids. So then mm-hmm. we're ultimately saying to kids, well, it's actually all right to have a go at people for, for being fat and, and you can slate them and in fact you can him on national radio with millions of people listening
0: and he's not been called cool, out no, no. no i understand understand and of course the other big thing to take out of that is that when he's he driving around, he is thinking about Cheryl Cole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another thing. More kindly than Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to can football fans uh, be objective, right? And there's there's a couple of, there's a couple of Can Joey Barton
2: go to David Unsworth <laughs> for Christmas Day. <laughs> That's about the same
0: level as I, I want to sort of approach <laughs> yeah. this from a couple of angles, actually. Because yeah. on the one side, if, if I said, you know, like Southampton, uh, we talked about, did we, Claude Puel last week? You know, finished eighth with Southampton, the League Cup final, sacked. Ranieri, a Premier League at Leicester, sacked. Tony Pulis at Stoke, they could become an established Premier League side. Out the door, even Cumin, you could say Everton was seventh last year. Is, is anyone really is that? That's what's expected. Allardyce at West Ham, but this is all about, and it's not just. I don't think it's always owners it? and that. I don't fans. think Pulis, I
2: mean, was Pulis actually sacked?
0: Was that more mutual? I think it was mutual, and
2: to be fair, and in in his defence, because because I know a couple of lads that scout for him, and a, and a lad who used to be his assistant manager at Bournemouth. He had serious family issues down south that he felt he had to sort out at the time that he left Stoke. So I, d- I think I, I think you're him doing
1: him a then disservice. Right, well, I'll,
0: I'll retract Tony. Yeah. Retract Tony. <laughs> right, <laughs> You've done
1: more than Joey Barton's done. I know, <laughs> yeah.
0: but but I suppose there's the thing here that we it's about it's about yeah. Are you objective as a fan anyway? But you get teams like this where suddenly a bit of success and you get maybe delusions of grandeur I mean you've mentioned on this podcast before Harty about you know, look at Alan Kerbisley at Charlton mm. suddenly the fans wanted Charlton to be like European football you know mm. it's getting boring being mid-table in the old first division you know so well it's the premiership well there, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, well there you go so, you so know, it's so... Uh, Mick McCarthy at Wolves I remember when I mean, he was out at well, Wolves just tumbled after eating yeah you know because yeah. it wasn't enough that he was no. just about keeping them up yeah. you know yeah. So I mean, do, do you think we just lose sight? But of we had reality? this conversation.
2: All right, you, you 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 two got your Liverpool and your Spurs uh, affinities. You you are coming round to the blue and white <laughs> side, Kev, with oh. all your you know going going to watch the Albion. Let's let's go a scenario. And you and I are going to more away games than I think I've ever been to before. I mean, I, I think it's to a, everyone this you know, season so far. Four, four or five on mm. the bounce. So we survived this year, which I think we will. We survive next year but and there's a little bit of improvement. We have a little bit of a plateau and, and we do roughly what we did. So we su- uh, survive one, two or three years. As fans, are we always going to put up with that? Or will we be looking for that little bit more? To a degree what the Charlton fans were. Because if Brighton are finishing 17th, 16th, 7th, 15th, 14th, Every season for four, five, six years. Yes, it's great financially. Will we get thirty thousand every every week? Will we? No. I'm asking you. In your opinion, if we stay, but in in the lower reaches of the Premiership for the next five or six years, will the crowd stay at thirty thousand, or will the honeymoon period?
0: I think there's a risk on the honeymoon period, but I also think Brighton, I mean, say it's unique, but I think there's a lot of fans who aren't able to get tickets yeah. to games now. So I think you'd have a second wave because they'd still be in the Premier League. You'd have a wave yeah. of fans who haven't yeah. seen and they want to go and see Man well, United. and Liverpool. You know,
1: objectively, I, I think, as a neutral, what do you think? I think that what as a fan, if I were a Brighton fan in that scenario, um, I would still want to be going, but I'd also want to have a clear understanding from the club where my continued loyal support where where is that going to go where does the club see that this
2: is another argument paul because we're because we're not supporters
1: anymore we're customers customers (laughs) precisely so if i'm going to keep investing my my season season ticket in the club as a customer i want to understand from that club What can I expect for that return, Mm. But do I expect the same old, same old? So what's their vision are you talking about? What are their expectations? And I I want to see that evidence. That doesn't necessarily mean that that has to be evidenced in revenue, how how the books are balanced. It doesn't mean that they have to be going on to winning cups. But I want to see that the club is trying to progress and that that club progressing, for me, is on the pitch. Mm. And I want to see a relative investment to to try to facilitate that investment Mm. In the, in what I see on the pitch, because but if they plod for four or five years, yeah. do you think the crowds will remain
2: there, or do you think, you know, that people that you're asking, you know, the the, the questions that you're asking now, if, if people are seeing same old same old season four and five, do you think they're they're going to go well? Actually, I'm going to do something else on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon.
1: I I think you could Brighton could continue pulling in thirty thousand a week. One the one thing would be how much of the season ticket price is going to increase by if they are establishing themselves in the premiership. Um, that may well deter yeah. the, the first wave yeah. and the second wave. Yeah. So I would argue that there are many more factors which would need to, to be determined for that to happen. Mm. It depends on the respect that the club shows its supporters yeah. to determine whether that will happen, because otherwise the club becomes the, the, the baby of the corporate Fan, yeah. you know they'll be they'll be pandering to to more corporate fans than they are the the fan base that they have. So I think it's possible, but as I say, I think the the club has to give each fan, and not just Brighton. I think the club yeah. has to show its fans.
2: As a Spurs fan, then yeah. are you pleased? Well, you know, clearly pleased with with the new stadium, but as a Spurs fan, and you, you know, we're saying about being objective, do you concede that at some point in contract negotiations, Spurs have got to start. Paying the going rate. Oh, without a doubt. And if they don't, they will suffer for it.
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, the fact that we have st- we managed to, to hold on to our best players um, by by Carl Walker this summer, I think, was a huge achievement. Uh, but I think that is down to the manager, the manager's relationship with the players, mm-hmm. but also the manager's relationship with the chairman at the moment, because Daniel Levy isn't the easiest chairman to work for. I would give him his due because I believe that he's, he makes funds available for a manager and asks that manager to work with the resources that those funds buy. But I think in Pochettino, he actually has someone that he trusts can deliver the vision that whatever, whether it's Daniel Levy's vision or a joint vision, he has someone that he trusts. So as long as Pochettino stays there and wants to remain, I think there's a good chance that the nucleus of that squad can stay together. Now, I would, you could argue that the pundits always tell us spurs fans that we need to win a trophy that mm. it's all it's all right being nearly men that mm. if you don't win a trophy it counts for nothing now from a professional from a professional's career perspective that way will be true but i am seeing progress in tottenham and i'm hearing from the manager the manager wants to go for the champions league and for the premiership i've never heard a tottenham manager in my in my time talking about his team challenging for either of those two competitions so i'm impressed by the drive that the management team have. That shows to me that the, that they have a plan in place which they're working towards. The performances on the pitch and the players that we have, the, the squad that we're building, shows me that year on year, there's improvement. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's enough to take us to that final hurdle in this short space of time, I don't honestly think so. I hope, but being objective, I don't really think that's going to, be it's going to happen. It's
0: quite interesting, the objective comment, because I almost think as well, it comes down to fans of different clubs. I don't know about you, I mean, I joked earlier at the intro with Paul about glass, like, you're always up half empty rather mm. than half full. I don't know about you, but m- most Tottenham fans I know, even now, with all that's going on, which is very yeah. exciting, there's almost like a mentality in Tottenham fans that it will go wrong. And it, no matter how well they're going, it will go wrong because it's Tottenham and it always goes wrong in the end. And but we're going to lose almost the like place Jimmy White. Isn't I, it? <laughs> but I think you've got that. You've almost got Arsenal fans at the moment yeah. who just think everything is, yeah, they've won three FA Cups mm. in the last four years, but the whole club, it's like doom and gloom and then yeah. you get Brighton so you're like, for example as a Brighton you're like very upbeat about all um, what's upbeat, going on but it's Brighton, really but it's really, you know. s-
2: really strange how, how you know a week so that and, objectives is got yeah. different angles yeah. of different yeah. fans I think. a week in politics is a long time two weeks in premiership football is amazing because I come out of the Everton game gutted that we drew and I came out of the Southampton game and we got the same result and I'm thinking well actually that was probably you know probably a fair result I mean I'd, I'd Thought we we were pulling the first thirty five minutes, weren't we? Absolutely, Which and is, I
0: think it's and I, Liverpool fans. It amazes me, Liverpool fans, because even are no Premier League title, whatever it is, you know, since nineteen ninety, And got the amount of times that the new manager is the it, it's a classic. You Liverpool fans always love he's the new Shankley. I Brendan Rodgers called the new Shankley when I was at a game. You know what he's doing. Yeah. You know Raffle was it. You know it's it's Klopp now, and there's almost like the Liverpool fan mentality, I know I'm general, but it's almost like a dreamer. It's like, every time this is, this is the one who's going to deliver it. And it's funny, the cultures are are different Are Liverpool
2: fans, to a degree, fans living in the past? Well, I think... with one eye on the future, if you get my drift.
0: I think that, I'm not sure they're living in the past anymore. I I think there's, um, I think, I think dreamers is the thing. You know, they always have Mm -hmm. like, a big banner is dare to dream, that they want to be back where they were, of course. Yeah and the dare to dream bit is that I don't think there's a you know you were just very articulate Paul about you know the club and how it's being run and a vision and all that stuff the Liverpool logic there isn't a there isn't there isn't a logic to it because it's almost like people like I said the other week they compare Liverpool to like Man United Man City Chelsea and they've got sort of no right to be compared like that financially or otherwise at the moment you know klopp's got a punch above his weight as we said net 34 million mm. spent the only other team up there doing that are spurs you know Poticino's net spend really low mm. you know compared to a city or a united or a chelsea so i think it's interesting different fans yeah objective as i you think say. you're right Harty. the more you bit like up the child example you know, like you were saying a Brighton, you could say that. You know, you could say that for Newcastle, Huddersfield, whatever. Mm. The more you stay in the division, yeah, the more, more so. stay in the division that's not good enough anymore. Yeah. We no. want something else. We want something else. You know.
2: I've always said the hardest job in football in this country for travelling up and down, it's got to be the Nottingham Forest manager because you've got a bloody statue of Brian Clough outside, <laughs> and you've got a press room where all your press com- conferences are. Which is the walls are plastered with both European Cup wins. You, you cannot move for, you know, it's almost like it was last week. And, you, and you're almost, they are stuck in the, the got a wonderful stadium and mm. they've had countless owners, but it, it must be so hard it's for quite the, interesting for then, the manager I, there.
0: I read only last week, Marino apparently at United, one of the first, the start of this season, they've obviously got loads mm. of stuff, treble winners. Yeah all these glorious moments and he's had all of it taken down and all the pictures are of them winning the Europa League. Mm, That's good. And what was it, was it it the league cup they won last year? So so all those players have won two trophies and he's got that everywhere. All the treble stuff is gone. You know. So it's... uh, 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 Cluffy took a
2: chainsaw to Don Revy's desk, he? (laughs) (laughs) He cut it up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But also, the other thing about Dreaming, right, we do have Leicester... Winning a Premier League, yeah, yeah. Liverpool, Istanbul, mean, three 0 yeah, down. And a t- you know, we all yeah. see moments like that like. happen. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Hereford, Newcastle United, you know, Brighton, Hereford. Yeah. I, I think as as fans, you're not blind to what's happening at your club, whether it's great, whether it's mediocre, whether yeah. it's absolutely abysmal. But I think what you say to other fans is very different to the reality that you have of where mm. your club is. So you might share that vision with another. Fan, yeah. another Brighton yeah. fan, another Liverpool fan, I, another Tottenham fan, but I would not tell that to a Man United fan what I feel about my club. I was absolutely shocked.
2: I was listening to Talk Talk Sport on Sunday and they had a Palace fan on going on about the, the last minute win and, and the two all uh, the last draw. minute yeah. and the two all draw. And he said it was like getting a win and Joe Hart had played well. And then the, the I think it was Mark Sager said, "Go, go on and name me four. You know, because he, he said I don't think Palace are going to go down." And I said, and the, and he said, "Name me three teams that Palace will finish above." And I said to my missus, we were driving somewhere. I said, "Here we go, here we <laughs> go. <laughs> he's gonna, he, he's gonna have a go at you know us." Yeah. No, it was. I tell you, when it was uh, Saturday night, we were going out, and um, and he didn't mention us. And I thought I couldn't believe that.
1: Um. he might have forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he might have for,
2: forgotten probably, probably just put forgot I do never said Brian yeah.
0: right Judge. well um, I think we shall move on now to yeah. our regular slot of uh, Super Cool versus Major Tools so let's start with uh, Super Cool Mr. Mr Simpson over the last week your nomination for Super Cool
1: yeah. well you touched on it Ian um, mm. you mentioned the the uh, it goes to Slav and Bilic, really. Um, you know, being 2-0 down at half-time to Tottenham at Wembley. Um, I don't know what he said to to those players at half-time, but for the first time in God knows how many games they, they came out, and whether it was for him or themselves or for their fans, I don't know. But So I'll give Slav and Bilic credit for that. And I'll also give him that credit for the momentum they took to Palace. Now, whether they deserved to win, Palace apparently had more of the game, or more of the op- opportunities. But again, going in two 0 up at half time with that momentum from the game at Wembley, I you know I could I had nothing but admiration for that man because he's been a dead man walking for mm. for so long and to shove mm. two fingers up at everybody yeah. else for the way that he did, mm. I'll I'll say super yeah. cool Slaven Village. Okay. I do
0: like yeah. Slav. How about you, Half for You're super um, cool.
2: Sean Dyche, five years in a job. Um, I hope he doesn't go to Everton. I, I think what he's doing at Burnley is good, and, and and I think. Again, when, when will the Burnley fans be saying, well, we're the, well as we touched yeah, on before, yeah. we're the 16th richest club in the world. you know, we, yeah. we need to be getting in the Europa League. Five years in a job. I think he's got to be now behind Wenger. Is he the longest serving Premiership manager?
1: He's got to be, hasn't he? got to be he's five to years. Be, yeah, I know yeah.
2: he's gone down to the yeah. Championship with them, but yep. I can't think of anyone... Potlacino's not been at Spurs five no, years, has he?
1: Three. No, no. Dyche has been there longer than... Chris Sutton. Houghton's not five, not five no, years, no. He's not no. five yet, no. Yeah, yeah so I think you're right. No, I think so, you're right as well. So
2: in this day and age, I mean, but again, without wishing... Eddie Howe.
0: Ed, that might be the
2: only has one. Has Eddie Howe been
0: at be Bournemouth the only one. What,
2: for the second we. time?
0: I suppose, yeah, he did yeah, have no, he split a split service. Yeah, yeah. Had a break. But no, but five, five years anyway. Is it? in this day and age, five
2: five years, is it... Significant that, without wishing to be xenophobic, everybody in Burnley's board is basically no. It's basically Lancashire. They're they're, they're Lancastrians. It right. is it is it is run as Burnley has done. Being oh, all, they're bored.
0: Sorry, I thought you meant everyone in Burnley was
2: bored. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everybody in Burnley's board is from Lancashire. Oh, yeah, is, yeah. is a is a is a, is a you know, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a homegrown board, so yeah, he's got yeah. a board that that, uh, that know the the, the the ins and outs of domestic football, and, and I don't know.
0: We'll see. I still think he should take Did he replace Eddie well.
2: Howe? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, he put, yeah, absolutely.
0: He would have, yeah, he would have, would have done. done. Yeah, he would have yeah. replaced Eddie Howe. I think he Eddie replaced Howell. Eddie Howe, absolutely. Howell, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. So, Sean yeah. and so if he
2: replaced Eddie Howe, therefore they're roughly the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I see <laughs> You've redeemed yourself out on that status. That's, that's, that's one area. for the teenagers. <laughs> well, was, I'm going to give it to, because uh, everyone was saying how boring uh, Claude Puel was and I've got to say, I don't know if you guys saw that Leicester goal, the Damari grey run, first that. time to Mares, first time to Vardy, but sensational. You got if you haven't watched that goal, no, watch we'll it. Go. So I'm um, as Claude's got his boring tag, I thought, there you go, there's one one for yeah. him, or one for Leicester at least, yeah. and a good win for Leicester as well. Oh Sahati so, on uh, major tool. Right,
2: but well, there's a plethora, isn't there? <laughs> there are a <laughs> few options. Whoever oversaw week. the League Cup quarterfinal draw, which is shrouded in mystery because it eventually wasn't live, was it? It was pre-recorded. <laughs>
0: I wish was, oh, I didn't even and know all that. the four
2: big clubs avoided each other. Oh, and yeah. were they all drawn at home? I think they were all drawn at home, weren't they? Or, yeah, or, but anyway, too. they had several dry runs. Cough, cough. So they, they, they've, they've got to be there. Troy Deeney, um, a gouge, which if he'd and done Joe in, Allen, didn't yeah, they. which if he'd done in a pub car park, he would have actually been charged with. So um, Barton's got to be up there. But I probably think uh, with. You know, the, the 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 mass appeal of the premiership, it's gotta be uh Deeney. I think it you know, it's a bad example to all the youngsters playing on the Sunday. It is a sort, what he's done, isn't it really? Sure, he
0: um it did look quite amusing in the sense of the size of little Joe Allen there <laughs> as he had it. I think uh, yeah. yeah he looks almost embarrassed <laughs> to be doing it, but um, but yeah. Yeah, no, and How about you, Paul?
1: Um, again, it's, it's related to, to the Palace-West Ham game. Um, the only thing that stopped Slavon Bilic from having two tremendous away wins was Michael Antonio's decision to. Oh, so rather than. What was he playing? Because that. there was, no, well, one there was the no one in the middle. There was. I, I just. I'm still. Do you think if he put it into Rose Ed, the, the ref would have blown up, wouldn't he? Or, or? Could, could well have done. But the chances are, if he puts it in Rose Ed, then that goal doesn't happen. It was you know, reminiscent that, that passage of, play. of Janola, um, wouldn't it? I was actually thinking it was more reminiscent of John Barnes um, against Arsenal, but that's showing my age. When giving uh, no, giving no, no, no. that one, from yeah. my yeah. Sorry mind to bring that calls. back into you your still at mindset. school. Thank oh, yeah. Was, yeah. No, I mean, no, it was.